Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Hour number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That is Frank Stample. I'm Greg Sussman. Joined today, as we are each and every day, during the 2 p.m. at 1 p.m. hour, by the closer, Chris Bedro. What's up, Chris? What's up? What's up? It's your boy, the closer. Um, talking a little baseball today. Love baseball. We're talking Love baseball. Greg it. loves the song. So talking old school. baseball. I love that when Venture does the lean back thing, he automatically puts his hands out too, like he's like he's summoning it's like a, something. <laughs> it's like a you know muscle memory. Yeah, boy. You know what I'm saying? Colorado Rockies today. They're what postponed it? because of snow uh, out there. Snow in Colorado. In the Rockies. Expected. Mountains. Expected. Yeah. It is, which, which sucks because uh, Forest Field was basically the turnaround that Ronald Acuna needed. <laughs> he's, he, he had home runs in back-to-back yeah. days. Um, mm-hmm. and who, who knows? Maybe he would have made it a third if he got a chance to play today. But unfortunately, uh, that game is snowed out. Also unfortunate, mm-hmm. a lot of aces got rocked last night. Yes. Including your boy. Lucchese. Well, him too. Oh. Herman Marquez. <laughs> Herman Marquez, first start in Coors Field. Shalom. This is what we talk about. This is what we talk about, Greg. First few starts on the road. Great. Great starts. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, Miami. Fine. In Miami. Mm-hmm. Atlanta. In Coors Field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. You only start Herman Marquez when he's on the road? I mean, right now, I guess you'd say, try not to start him for one start in a weekly league when he's at home against a pretty decent hitting team. Well, when you drafted him, you're not trying <laughs> to do He's your that. SP3. Well, he's your SP3. He's most people's SP3. Well, I, my, guy, like, normally my SP3, my top three guys, I want them in no, my no, 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 no. To me, it's one, two. Wheeler. Wait, wait, wait. Listen, maybe, maybe five, four or five years ago, your SP1, two, and three, you're, they're in there every game because there's, there's a lot of great pitches. There's not that many good pitches anymore. You have SP1 and SP2 are the ones that stick in your lineup. SP3, not always. Oh, semantics so, for this guy. Not what always. If, what if Marquez is your SP2? Then not, you screwed up in the draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, then you screwed up in the draft. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I, w- I would be careful with him on, at home against teams like the Dodgers, uh, things like Yesterday that. He was against the Braves. It's a good lineup. Yeah. He only had six swinging strikes, so obviously didn't have it. Mm-hmm. He squared up a few balls. Uh, Dansby Swanson hit him for a three-run bomb. How about Dansby Swanson, man? Yeah, you know, We spoke about raking. him on Monday with Modica. But he's up to four home runs. I believe he has, like, 15 ribbies. He's raking. Post-type. Awesome, Post-type. Herman Marquez only had two strikeouts yesterday, which, mm-hmm. is the, which is annoying to me. At least strike guys out if you're going to get bombed. Right. Max Fried <laughs> struck out more guys and allowed zero earned runs on the day. Six innings, five hits. boy. My boy. Your boy. I've been talking about him for months now. Yeah. And That's we spoke about this yesterday. I thought he was going to end up getting rocked in Coors Field. He didn't. But, you know, this Rockies lineup is not what it normally is. Obviously, they're missing David Dahl. They're missing Daniel Murphy. Uh, they had a, had a few 
guys in there last night. Like I know they had to call up uh, Fuentes, Daza, Daza, yeah, as their uh, right field. You see, Yanathan mm. Daza, yes, was leading off for the Rockies. So you know it wasn't their uh, no. was, certainly wasn't their A lineup, and they also had uh, Josh Fuentes in the lineup. Which is interesting because why didn't they just use Mark Reynolds against the lefty? And Max I don't Free, know. But it, isn't it funny weird. how, like, beginning of the season, how things could fall apart so fast? This offense looked like one of the best offenses, and then you, you get a couple injuries, and the whole thing falls apart. And Nolan <laughs> Arenado doesn't have a home run yet either, so people might yeah. be freaking out about that too. Uh, but no, man, Max Fried was awesome. Max Fried was yeah. awesome. Six innings, one run. It was unearned. Five hits, one walk. So he gives you the 1.00 whip. Flat against a Rockies lineup. Like I don't really care who's in the Rockies lineup. When you're pitching in Coors Field, it's tough. He only had four strikeouts. That's kind of been the case the past two starts. The swinging strikes haven't necessarily been there. Uh, and he's predominantly a two-pitch pitcher. You know what I say about two-pitch pitchers? I don't normally buy in. That's right. I that again last night with Freddie Peralta. Yes. But here's what I'll say regarding Max Fried and why it might be a little bit different. is because his two pitches are fastball, curveball. And they might be able to work, Greg, because his four-seamer averages 94.2 miles per hour, whereas his max fastball hit 97. So this Mm -hmm. is a guy that could hit 96, 97. He could get up there. He lives in the Mm mid-90s. His curveball is a big hook. It's 75 miles per hour. There's a 20-mile-per-hour difference Mm -hmm. between his fastball and his curveball. Now, he still might struggle because he only throws two pitches, and if he hangs a curveball and someone's sitting on it, and they're going to tag him. He only threw six changeups yesterday. I would love to see you know more of the changeup. He had one swinging strike on the changeup. He's got. I, w- I would love to see him work that in more. Mm-hmm. But it might be, it might be able to work a little bit more than let's say a guy like Freddie Peralta because Freddie Peralta sits ninety ninety one with his fastball. Maybe he gets up to ninety three ninety four. Mm-hmm. But most of the time he's you know ninety ninety one maybe ninety two. Right. And you see him last night. He gets rocked and against the ball, Angels too. His curveball's like seventy seven seventy eight miles per hour. So mm-hmm. there's a difference there. But it's not a twenty mile per hour difference. Right. So, to me, Max Fried could be a better version of Freddie Peralta. Mm. Freddie Peralta is, tr- is tough to trust. I agree. Because I wrote I him up on my Patreon as, as a stream this week because the Angels lineup is really not that good. It, yeah, like, exactly. Outside of Trout, it doesn't really scare me. No, there's Look nothing. at the bottom of that lineup. It's not good. And they haven't been hitting anyway. But they give up two home runs to Tommy LaStella last night. This is who Freddie Peralta is. If you want to take the good with the bad, you're going to get some really good, good. You're going to get some really bad, bad. And you know how much I paid for him, too. Remember I showed you that? The fab I spent on Freddie Peralta. How much did you spend? I also thought he had two starts this week. I think he got pushed back to, mo- to Monday uh, for his next so start. he's going to have two starts next week. Right. Uh, I spent $18 out of 100 Ooh. Pitching is hard to come by, though. Pitching is very hard to come by. So people just spend a ton of money on him. And I don't care about spending my fab. I'm one of those people that spend his fab very early in the season. I don't care. You can make $0 bids in my league, so it doesn't matter. Um, I want to have a team set and established within the first month of the season. I want the main parts of my team established. And I'm not going to drop Freddie Peralta because I know what he could give me, you know, even if he does get rocked once in a while. I mean, Lucchese got That's the case, then you just got to leave him in for the good and the bad. Well, I mean, when, when, in a head-to-head league, he's going to have weeks where he can help you win, mm-hmm. be the reason you win. If he, With 12 like Ks week, or something. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. And then you're going to get a few starts like yesterday, right. too. Because, look, this is what I'm talking about, Craig. Yesterday, 92 pitches, 70 of them were the fastball. 70. And it's 91.7 miles per hour on average. Like, that's the difference. And Max Fried, at least he sprinkles in a few other pitches as well. Mm-hmm. Like, Freddie Peralta threw seven chains up yesterday, but 70 fastballs? 
and only 15 curveballs, at least, you know, Max Fried's fastball to curveball ratio is more like 50 fastballs and like 30 curves. This is 70 fastballs and 15 curveballs. Mm-hmm. It's hard for you to be a pitcher in the MLB when you throw a 91.7-mile-per-hour fastball on average and throw it 70 pitches out of 92, Greg. Where do you stand on Peralta? You convinced me last week. We had, we had the Peralta conversation, right? We were talking about where he fell in, and I was like, well, he's, he's pretty good. And you were very, very hard on this two-pitch thing. You described it well. I'm, you've sold me. As I tried to sell you and Jordan Zimmerman, you have sold me on Freddie Peralta. On being out on Freddie Peralta, you're saying? He sold me, absolutely. Actually sold you on selling right. Freddie Peralta. You sold me on being out on Freddie Peralta, correct. Yeah. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Victor. No, no, it's fine. Listen, I'm going to hold him. I'm going to play him matchup base. You know, it's weekly league. One more but note. this was a good matchup, though, right? It was, yeah. Like, this is, so it just didn't work out. Him? This was supposed to be a good matchup, and it's, it's frustrating. Sometimes you got to take risks when you're back in the rotation. One more note here on the, the Braves-Rockies. We'll get into Milwaukee in a second. Mm-hmm. And Darian Ciarte and Josh Donaldson bat one and two in this lineup. One's batting 179, the other one's batting 184. You mentioned Dansby Swanson and Ozzy Alves. Mm-hmm. They bat seven, six and seven in this lineup. Well, Swanson moved ahead of him. Wow. Correct. Alves has been ripping anyway. I don't know why he's moving Are we going to see some maneuvering here, Frank, you think? Uh, potentially. That could happen, but... Look, I'm worried about the Donaldson thing. I was, you off, you were all I was 100% off. off. Yes, I think I had him rent as my 17th, 18th third baseman. It's early on in the season. I understand that. Right now, this guy looks like a shell of his former self. Yeah. He, he just he doesn't look good. I don't think he's horrible, but I, I think you're right. He's not the same guy he was. He was an elite third baseman. Ozzy Albies, like, what I want to look into with Albies is normally he struggles against right-handed pitching. That's why he bats lower in the lineup against righties, even though he's a switch hitter. Right. If you look back at his minor league days, he always struggled against right-handed pitching, was much better against lefties. Mm-hmm. So that's why he leads off for the Braves lineup when they go up against lefties. Uh, and so far in the year, well, actually, I'm looking at last year's numbers. I don't know why I would do that. Uh, 2019 splits, he's hitting 417 against lefties. Okay. It's 12 at-bats. He's hitting 344 against righties. He's so, ripping. So he's, he's hitting well against both. I think it wouldn't surprise me if... In Ciarte, it continues to struggle. Maybe Ozzy Albies moves up to leadoff against both righties and lefties. That'd certainly be beautiful. Seems, certainly seems possible. Uh, yeah. But for Ender Inciarte, let me see. The expected batting average, uh, 160. The latest on... <laughs> Lower than his 179 batting average. That's bad. We, <laughs> said, we said during the day that uh, David Dallas placed on the IL and that Ryan Maltapio is going to get the start uh, every day in left field. Batted second in Dallas' spot. Mm. Struck out three times. Dahl said he thinks he probably only needed like a couple of days, but they didn't want to play shorthanded for the days that he would need it. Right. He expects to come off the DL right when he's eligible. That's awesome. In 10 days. Good news. We all hope. So yes, real. we hope. Very, very much so. We hope. You mentioned Freddie Peralta and what he did against the Angels last night. It wasn't very good at all. Those seven no. runs in three and a third. Eight hits. Struck out five. On the other side, Matt Harvey also got destroyed. Four and a third. Seven hits. Six <laughs> runs. I don't get the people that are like back on the Harvey train going into this year. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get that at all. No. I didn't grab him anywhere. Anywhere. Something I've noticed is that the swinging strikes are actually still there. And I actually had a buddy of mine text me like, oh, well, you always tweet out the, the swinging strikes. Well, why does Matt Harvey's swinging strikes matter if he's getting blown up all the time? And my response was, it doesn't. Well, normally, <laughs> you know, if you're getting this many swinging strikes, they're predictive of strikeouts in the future, which means less contact. So if hitters aren't making as much contact, then there's less opportunity for them to mash against you. But Harvey has just been so bad that yeah. even with an uptick in swinging strikes, when they're making contact with him, it's still going a long way. And look, say what you want, but 
I think the juice ball is back. Two years ago, we had a juice ball. There was 48 home runs hit last night in mm-hmm. baseball alone. Tommy LaStella hit two of those. Mitch Garver. And this was in Anaheim. This game was in Anaheim where normally regarded as it, tra- it trends more towards a pitcher. Correct. Yes. It's a little bit of it's a neutral. bigger ballpark. Yeah. It's kind of neutral, but mm-hmm. trends a little bit more towards being a pitcher's park. Mm-hmm. You get two homers from Tommy LaStella from last night. You get Moustakis Dinger. You get Grandal with two home runs. We expect home runs from those guys, but I mean, Listella, two home runs, three home runs over the past two games. Mm-hmm. The juice ball is back. Dude. Or, or, or could it could it be the fact that everybody's buying into launch angle and maybe it went from like sixty percent of the league using that approach to maybe like ninety percent now or eighty five percent now? Like mo- like these guys who never really produced before and are on the bench coming off the bench like Listella, implementing it because maybe he realizes it'll help him become an everyday player. You know, that's a good question, and I'm going to look it up right now. You know? So, league stats for this season, batted ball data, fly ball rate for the average of the league is 36.8%. That seems fly high. Fly ball rate. Last season, 2018, the fly ball rate for all of baseball was 35.4. So, slight Only uptick, 1%. but nothing crazy. Nothing nuts. 1%. Okay. And it's weird. And, and, and it's weird is, uh, when it's cold out. When it's cold out, you think the ball would stay in the ballpark. That's exactly a bit. right, too, yeah. Greg. So, like, there's so many home runs being hit. Like, last night in City Field, I understand the wind was blowing out. Mm-hmm. So, that probably factored into it. But it was pretty cold last night in New York. Sure. It's been cold every, like, for the most part, outside of Anaheim and the Dodgers and uh, Arizona Texas and, the and Arizona and places yeah. like that and domes. Like, in the north, it's still really cold. Sure. And the ball's still flying yeah, out. So, mm-hmm. we could. Potentially see a lot of bad pitching performances here and a huge uptick in home runs, RBIs, batting average. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we get back from the break, I know we have a break coming up. We'll talk about some of these other aces that got rocked. Strasburg. Nola hasn't been himself to start the year. Sale. Chris we'll Sale. Chris Sale. Yep. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, yesterday was a day where you know aces overall just got rocked. Yeah. Once again, as you mentioned. One quick other opinion I have. It might be crazy. and I don't know, but maybe people found a new steroid for themselves. Speculation that, I that, like it, this. that is undetectable. Conspiracy I, I, theories. At one point, there was a there was a steroid where you could wipe it, you know, on, on your skin, and it was undetectable, like an HGH. Oh, it was like a cream. Wasn't it was a cream. Gary Sheffield back in the day used the cream. Right? Yeah, like somebody, a few guys used the cream. So maybe that you know, sometimes they're ahead of you know us in, ter- in determining what steroids are being used. Maybe there's a new steroid. You don't know. These guys could be taking steroids, especially the ones that aren't getting paid, like Tommy Lastella. Nobody knows for sure. That definitely could be the case. I think Rob Manfred is basically, <laughs> dude, we, we, we got to get people in seats. We want people watching. We want people talking about baseball. How do you get people talking about baseball? 48 home, home, home runs. runs in a night. Yep. You see these gargantuan home runs, walk-off home runs, home runs in big moments. Most people, I'll, I'll say most, a lot, you know, there's some that still like pitcher's duels. And that's fine. I like, I like a good pitcher's duel every now and then. Most people I like love to it. see home runs. I love the pitcher's want to see action. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to see balls hit a mile. Especially so Jeff- would it surprise me if Rob Manfred said before the season, let's go back to these juice balls two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't surprise Why me not? a bit. Let's tighten those balls up a little bit, you know? Right in the, you know, in the middle. Uh, yeah. Anything else? So with this Angels game, I mentioned that Trout got hurt in it. I uh, doesn't expect to play today. He expects to play on a Friday, their next game. Andy Simmons went three for five, thankfully. Uh, Johnny Lucroy went two for three. You mentioned Tommy LaStella. Yes, Mike Grandal, two bombs last night. And going three for four, batting 364 on the year. Travis Shaw, Jesus Aguilar, both go 0 for 4, 0 for 5. Still batting under 200, both of them. Disgusting. And Mike Moustakis, here's a big note. Game, Disgusting. The Brewers played their 12th game yesterday. Uh, Moustakis, I believe, 
is now qualified at second Yesterday base. Yesterday was the day. Moustakis and Moncada both got, respectively, uh, Moustakis got second base, Moncada got, got third. third. Yep. yep. So, interesting to note, for players like you, Chris, and ESPN that need to wait those 10 games, mm-hmm. you got them last night. That's perfect. Yep. So, Absolutely. Travis Shaw, looking into the numbers here on the season, Greg. 33% strikeout rate. Like, that worries me a little bit more regarding sure. him, whereas Aguilar is making more contact this year, more than ever before. He's striking out less than ever before, and he's still hitting the ball hard. So I feel a little he bit more confident in Jesus Aguilar than I do yes. Travis Shaw, who right now has a 33% hard hit rate. You don't really have anything to hang your hat on. He's still hitting the ball hard. Right. Still hitting it in the air. That's Travis Shaw. But striking out about a third of the time, it's, it's very bad. Yeah. No, I, I, I would definitely say Aguilar... I think this is a little fluky. He's going to be, you know, streaky. But you don't think that was Shaw? No, I was never a Shaw guy. I think that he was always a, a fluke. Uh, and, he, and then he lasted a little longer, longer than I thought as a productive player. But I think he reached his max potential these last few years. But it's I don't not think a, it's getting it's any better. It's not bad, though. To get 30 home runs the past two seasons. Yeah, it's not bad. six ribbies. That's but I good. think it's his max. But I was kind of off him this year because I worry about the splits. I'm a big splits guy, Greg. I mm-hmm. want my guys to be in the lineup every day and to be able to perform. And Travis Shaw was just so brutal against lefties that that was something that I worried about. Mm-hmm. Now we got the strikeouts, too. We'll take a break. We'll come back. What's going on with these aces? We'll try to let you know. Next. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Fantasy Sports Today There's nothing you can do about injuries. You get, you get hurt, you get hurt. The only really thing you can do is don't draft players who get hurt every year. I mean, listen, if you drafted Tulewitzki thinking he wasn't going to get hurt, I mean, come on. We all had the pool going of when he was going to get hurt. The under came in. Oh, or did it come in? I mean, hey, it was, it was game four, game five. Maybe it didn't come in. That's when he only always gets hurt, hurt. right? So we knew Tulewitzki was going down. No one feels bad for you. Don't draft those types of players. You know, don't, don't draft the Tulewitzkis, the Ellsburys, and the guys who get hurt every season. Saturdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network. The 
unbelievable. Back with you on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stample, Chris Ventra, Greg Sussman here with you, hanging out on the BFFs on a Wednesday. Frank, I was joking before about the lead and the Jordan Zimmerman stuff, but maybe the true lead, which we're getting to now in hour number two, is Chris Sale. And we talked yesterday about what Alex Cora had to say, right? Maybe it was two days ago now. But what Alex Cora had to say about, oh, Chris Sale was sick. Right, right, right. I was like, I was like no, I'm not going well, I mean, if you would have told us right after the start, maybe, but not like five days later. Yeah. Was he uh, sick yesterday again? Was, did he have a cold? Did he have a fever? Was his stomach bothering him? Mm-hmm. Because yesterday against the Toronto Blue Jays in the home opener for Boston, he went four innings, allowed seven hits, five runs, three strikeouts. What did you see from Chris Sale? So what I saw was early on in the start, he was hitting 93, 94, 95. He had a max pitch of 94.88 miles per hour yesterday, whereas his max pitch in his second start where he was averaging uh, you know, just under 90 miles per hour with that fastball, his max pitch was 92.81 miles per hour. So yesterday, he amped it up a little bit early on in the start. But then what I saw Greg in the third and fourth inning was it started to come back down again. And he was mostly 90, 91. So I kind of wonder if he just came out hot, wanted to shut everyone up a just little amped bit. a little bit, home opener. Yeah, yeah home yeah. opener. Maybe he wanted to shut people up like, okay, look, I can still reach back and hit 95 if I need to. Uh, and he did that early on in the start. But then later on, when he ran into trouble, in the third and the fourth inning, he was more so around 90 and 91 miles per hour again. He only had nine swinging strikes. Only one of those uh, or two of those came on the fastball. So, overall, like, what do you take away from this Chris Sale start? I guess I feel a little bit better. I still want to see more swinging strikes. I want to see more strikeouts. I want the velocity to, to consistently be up. But overall, he had a higher max pitch. Uh, and his overall um, fastball velo yesterday was 91.96 miles per hour on average. The second start, it was 89. So, he was up two miles per hour. Yeah. He's trending in the right direction. But, but a lot of that was early in the game, right? It was, a lot of that was early on in the game. But overall... Uh, it was you know right around 92 on average. So I think it's a step in the right direction. And he got killed by a few like just dink and dump hits here. And I Loopers. saw a few people talking about like he's had unlucky babips uh, to start the season. So mm-hmm. overall, I think if I'm a Chris Hill owner, which I am in the main event. I think it's I think I feel a little bit better. What do you think, Venture? I feel a little bit better based on what we saw yesterday. The velo was up a little bit, but I do want to see more swinging strikes and more strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel much better if I'm. A, I mean, I'm not a sale owner, um, but I don't. I wouldn't feel too good. I mean, listen, he's gotten rocked all three starts. Yep. Uh, the velocity was up and then down again. You know, maybe his velo. There comes a point in every pitcher's career, especially these really good pitchers, where their velo goes down at one point in their career. You know, it just happens, and they got to work around it. Uh, Verlander did it and reinvented himself. Maybe Sale could do the same. Chris Sale's not at that point, though. Verlander's in his 30s when we had to reinvent himself. You know, he's throwing harder than ever. That's not. But Sale throws at, was, is normally supposed to throw 96, I right? Know. I know. And it's especially scary because given the inflammation of the shoulder to close the season. Right. Kind of like the way he was used in the playoffs, too. Like, they had a deep run. He was used a lot. Yeah, and let's not forget, he's got a herky-jerky motion. And people have been saying this for years that he's going to get hurt one day because of his herky-jerky motion. It never happened. It never happened. And I'm mad at myself, too, because I've, I've been in that camp. I oh, you never are? owned Chris Sale before. Yeah. And then I ended up drafting him in the main event, which is obviously my biggest league. Clearly. $1,700 yeah. buy-in. Like, there's an overall prize involved. Big. 
And I was debating Chris Sale versus Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote about this afterwards. Was if you want to take Garrett Cole over Chris Sale because you're worried about Sale, I don't have a problem with it. Like you can make the argument because Garrett Cole to me feels safer. Mm-hmm. He's it's entering crazy. his prime. Sure. He throws 97 miles per hour. He was doing it last night. He throws a 90 mile per hour slider. Mm-hmm. He's nasty. He's the American League version of Noah Syndergaard, basically. Right. That's how I feel about Garrett Cole. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of mad at myself because I've never owned Chris Sale. Mm-hmm. And I drafted him over Garrett Cole, and I won Garrett Cole's shares. I'm sure you were trying. So I'm kind of kicking myself. You don't have Cole anywhere? I have him in one of my oh. home leagues. I have okay. one share out of, I think I play in seven leagues this year. Okay. I have one Garrett Cole share. Yeah. And I wanted more. I was high on him. I yeah. had him as my fourth starting pitcher. I'm high on him with you, yeah. I have him in one place, too. It, so, well, you I'm wanted, mad at myself. You I, want I to diversify your portfolio, though. You want to diversify your portfolio, right? I, t- I took sale because if you're playing for an overall in the NFBC, my thought was, he has more upside. The high, high upside, right? Like if Chris Sale, Chris Sale at his best is better than Garrett Cole at his best. That was my thinking. Mm-hmm. But given all the information that we had, I probably should have taken circumstances into account more. Yeah. In hindsight. It's all right. It's only three starts. Hopefully he gets better. Honestly, if you own Chris Sale, you just kind of hope. Greg, you know, what oh, do you think? He has to get better. He has to he, get better. Ha- <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, for fantasy owners and for the Red Sox too. Yeah. The Red Sox are off to a terrible start. If you own Chris Sale... And I've got questions regarding this. Are mm-hmm. you just kind of trading him today because people feel better? And you'd be like, well, look, his velo was up. Let me try and sell him. And I'll, I'll you know, if I'm you know trading someone. Is, right? For what? Like, that's, yeah. that's obviously the answer to that question. Top 20 starting pitcher? We, so we did this last week, didn't we? Yeah. We could do it again what if ha- you want. What is this? Admittedly, I listened to uh, the sleeper in the bus coming into today. They do the fireside chat with Nick Pollock, our buddy, pitcher list, and Sporer. All Sporer. And they said Jack Flaherty is the lowest they would go. What do you think about that? The lowest they would go for, what do you mean? I would keep Sale. Like, trade Chris Sale one for one for Jack oh, Flaherty. Oh, oh, That's I the would, lowest they would go. I would keep Sale. If you want to get a, I guess, semi-ace in return, Jack Flaherty's the lowest they would go. Mm-hmm. I would keep, keep Sale. Him? I would, too. Yeah. For Flaherty, you're saying? If yeah. that, but if you had, to think, trade, you had yes. to think about it a little bit. I did. Yeah. It wasn't immediate. Like, would you trade Sale for Syndergaard? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would. I would take Syndergaard. Yeah. yeah. All right. Would you... Walker Bueller. No. I'm not doing it. Walker Bueller has probably keeping had sale. some concerns of his own. I'm probably keeping sale. Uh, Trevor Bauer? Uh, no hits, no more, Greg. A two-run homer to Nico Goodrum. Nico! Yeah, that was coming. That's my boy right there. <laughs> Trevor was Bauer. Cru- uh, Nico Goodrum. <laughs> would you trade sale for Trevor Bauer? Definitely. Yeah, I would too. Definitely. That would I do. I don't know if I'd do it. I'm not a Bauer guy, though. Would you trade Sale for Corey Kluber? Are we overreacting? Yes. God. (laughs) I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That way you wouldn't do. I wouldn't. That's pretty close. Would you trade Sale for Strasburg? No. No, But look, he's in that Jack Flaherty range. He's right there. He's in in that range. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't do the Strasburg. I'm just telling you what they said. That's fine. And I personally wouldn't do those. Like, if I could still get a top 12 guy to me, like, Syndergaard's still like a top 12 guy. Yep. Uh, Trevor Bauer is very easily a top 12 guy. Like, obviously, yeah, but I would try and do something like that. But anything lower, like even Walker Bueller, because we had some concerns regarding Bueller entering the season, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm Innings. on the fence with that one. Yeah. Like, I probably wouldn't do that. Another hit. Three hits in a row now for the Tigers against Trevor Bauer. Um, yeah, I wouldn't do like Flaherty, uh, Strasburg, guys in those range like Tyone. Uh, I wouldn't do anything like that. I, I still think like the risk of Chris Sale getting injured. Mm-hmm. 
is kind of outweighs like how much more talented he can be than those guys. Right, right, right. In my right. opinion. So I would uh I would keep Chris Sale in that regard. But in hindsight, what I know now, three starts into the season, uh, if I could do it over again, I would take Garrett Cole, Cole yeah. over, over Chris Sale. I would. It's like Garrett Cole hasn't been lights out, but he's been he's been fine. Yeah, for the most part. Still getting a ton of strikeouts and the velocity is there. So yeah, yeah. the results are gonna come for Garrett Cole. Yeah, he looked good last night in terms of yeah. peripherals and everything like that. So I mean I would have took Cole over sale in every draft I did. I just didn't have always have that opportunity, but I mean I feel like there's a safety to it because of health. You know, sale being hurt last year kinda put a damper on him for me. But and the upside is crazy. And you, know? you could have looked at ten different NFBC drafts, Greg, and saw like there was a draft where Chris Sale, one of the main events, he went fifth overall. Yeah, yeah. So that's why when he falls to me at you know pick, I think nineteen or twenty at the time. Yeah, I, I so like I couldn't pass. I up. can't blame you. I can't blame you for that. Yeah, but I, I'm kind of kicking myself right now though because you knew that I wanted Cole, and I told you that right after I did. I said, Yeah, man, I <laughs> wanted to take Cole, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Mookie Betts and Mitch Moreland each. Uh, Go yard here, Moreland's fourth of the year. Mitch Moreland's sneaky, man. I, you know, I, said that I, I picked him up in 15 team leagues. Like, if no he's issue. out there, I would pick no him issue up. with that for me. He, he gets hot all the time. He's platooning in a daily league, league. I'd pick him up because you could start him against right handed pitching. Correct. He's batting third in the Red Sox lineup. Same thing. It's a great spot to be. This is the same thing as last year. Martinez. Who who was it? Who was the one we did last year? Mitch Moreland versus who? And I was all about Mitch Moreland. Ah, uh, so flash in the pan. Do you remember who it was? I don't, but I, I do remember baseman? going over this. Yeah, it was Mitch Moreland versus someone. Matt Adams? Who? Could, Could have, have been Matt Adams. Was it Muncy? No, because I like that Max Muncy also. I don't remember exactly who it was. Maybe Florio remembers. But it was someone like that. I, I remember having like, an it, argument. With hopefully him. it wasn't Muncy. <laughs> I don't think it was Muncy. I really don't. Uh, I really don't. Speaking of Muncy, though, I saw um, Modica talking about this today on Twitter as well. Is Dan Vogelbach this year's Max Muncy? I don't think so. He won't Dude, have the, he's mashing. He won't have the, the position flexibility row, that Muncy does. Second day in a row that they find a way to get Vogelbach in the lineup. All three of them, too. Bruce, Encarnacion, and Vogelbach. The second day in a row that they go out of their way to make sure they get him in the lineup. And same thing for Jay Bruce. And Jay Bruce obviously hits his seventh home run. It's crazy. Jay Bruce is so hot. Jay Bruce, he's not, though. He hits home runs home and run nothing else. Well, home run he's batting under 200. That's him yeah. being hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seven home runs leading the league, but he has batting under 200. Yeah, it's true. It's home run, strikeout. That's it. Or home. Yeah, or That's it. That's it. It's, home it's, run, it's not even like he's Does he have walks? It's yeah. not yeah. three outcomes. No. It's just two. No. It's two. It's home run or strikeout. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, Mookie Betts, I said, as I said, had his third home run uh, over for Toronto. Their lineup's awful. I said that And Vogelbach. He's hitting 500, Greg. Five homers, nine ribbies, and six walks, seven strikeouts. Your boy Marco Gonzalez with six innings allowed, three runs, only two of them were earned, struck out five. Jake Junis, not a good outing, four innings, eight hits, four runs, he struck out six. But regarding Jake Junis, though, had still had 15 swinging strikes yesterday. He just ran into a buzzsaw. Like, the Mariners are amazing right now. Ten swinging strikes on his slider, and as I looked into this, for the season, his swinging strike rate and his chase rate are both up. So, I'm actually buying Jake Junis. You're buying Jake Junis. I'm buying Jake Junis. The results haven't been there yet, but I think they're going to come. Well, he's got 20 strikeouts over his three games. Pretty good. That's very yeah. good. Because remember last year, he was pitching more to contact. Sure. He wasn't getting the strikeouts. So, now you're getting a few more strikeouts with Junis. Jake Junis. And who gets to save? My boy, Anthony Swarzak. Now, two for two in save opportunities. Yes, you are. For the Mariners. Junis has also been a little unlucky. He's fourth in Babbitt right now. 409, they're batting. So you've been a little bit unlucky, okay? You've been a little unlucky. Good call too. by you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Swarzak comes in in a three run game, pitches that ninth, does allow a hit, but 
right now, it certainly seems like Swarzak's the guy in Seattle. So good job by you. Greg, we mentioned yesterday Dan Vogelbach. You would pick him up in a daily league. You could play him whenever he's in the lineup. Did we just kind of scrap that and just say he's a must-add based on how he's playing? In 12 teams? or 12 teams. Yeah. Is Dan Vogelbach a must-add? Another three hits yesterday. I think he's got to be right now. He's betting fifth in this lineup? I think he has to be. I don't know. No. I tend to agree with I'm you. I'm on the fence about it. He's finally putting, putting it together. In a 15, I'd say, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. yeah. But D. Gordon with his sixth stolen base of the year, by the way. Actually, I believe that leads the league as He's well. raking. Oh, man. He's actually raking on the league. Oh, yeah. that the Mariners actually lead raking. league in runs. They lead the league. They have the home league runs. leader in home run, the league leader in stolen bases. Yep. Play well. <laughs> I wonder how they're pitching. The Just like though. Jerry DePoto planned. <laughs> God, the guy's like on a hospital bed making trades. Insane, dude. Marco Gonzalez is another oh. one. I kind of regret because you know I liked him and I I ended up with zero shares. Really, of Marco Gonzalez, and I sat right here and I told you guys why I liked <laughs> him. Like his underlying numbers, his peripherals last year were basically yeah. the same as Miles Mikolas, and he was just unlucky. Yeah. Now look, he's another soft tosser, eighty-eight, eighty-nine, but he actually throws like three, four different pitches, so he mixes it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Keeps people off balance. I, I think like, he's quality. I like Marco Gonzalez. I started him in the pit league. I like him. Thing. Uh, unfortunately, yesterday. I didn't end up with him. I do trust him as, like, if he's my SP4, SP5, yeah. Yeah. Five, yeah. That's what he is for most people. I like that. I like it, Greg. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to know, we were talking a lot about Jordan Hicks yesterday, Venture, with you. Yeah. And St. Louis had a 4 nothing victory against the Dodgers yesterday. So it was not a save situation. And they didn't use Jordan Hicks. Andrew Miller pitched in this one for a couple of batters. Mm-hmm. They did not use Jordan Hicks in what was a, a 4 nothing game, basically the entire game here. Well, well... Miller got a hold, which means... Jordan Hicks pitched in back-to-back days, Greg. Okay. He pitched Sunday, 24 pitches, okay. 14 on Monday, so... All right. Wait, yeah, actually, they, it's probably, they just save him for, you know, save opportunities. They didn't need him, you know? So... That's, 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 that's what I'm trying to... I'm not worrying about anything. Yeah, I'm not yeah, worrying yeah. about anything. I'm just saying, like, I think he's the guy is, all, is really what I was trying to make it out. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think Jordan Hicks is the guy... What, it, what inning well, did Miller come in? Eighth. He came the eighth. In. Okay. Yeah, he came in in the eighth. Because he got a hold, but I guess there was somebody, was you know, tying Jack. run was on Jack, Jack probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Rush Dribbling went for the Dodgers. He went five innings, allowed four runs, three walks, did strike out seven, uh, five hits. The big blast against him uh, was a Goldschmidt homer and then a two Molina, double by Yada. Yeah. Gets on the board. Both of his doubles came against Rush Dribbling. He had two doubles yesterday. Yadi Molina, three ribbies. Really needed that. I mean, even with the two hits, he's only batting 205, so. Really, really slow start here for Yachty. But I think it's expected. He got a late start in spring training uh, because he was coming off, I believe, off-season knee surgery, Greg. Yes. So he's a little bit later to start than everyone else. Yeah. You uh, mentioned Yachty's going to be all right. You mentioned Max Muncie a little while ago. Uh, Muncie's been really, really good. He, he has a hit in one, two, three, four, five consecutive games. He's batting 257 on the year, three homers, 10 RBIs. The OBP sits at 364. Muncie's he's been very nice uh, to start off the season. Yeah. Uh, Marcelo Zuna, not good at catching the ball, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the gift that went viral last night in the video, Marcelo Zuna. Venture, did you see this? No, I did not. He cl- he, all right, so just go on Twitter and search right Marcelo Zuna. You'll find it very easily. I don't know how. He I climbs mean. the fence. He climbs there, and he's waiting for the ball. He's, waiting he's for just the ball holding to on to the fence. He's like, wow, this is awesome. Marcelo Zuna. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. It's like this. It's like this, Venture, right? Like, if, if this is the wall, right? Yeah. He's sitting. He has climbed on the wall, and you're just waiting for it to go over and him to be like this. Like, Ozuna was in place. It was awesome. Right. And then he had to jump off the wall because the ball landed all over there. <laughs> the ball landed on the 
one and he, track. And he and fell. You see him just dive <laughs> off of the fence <laughs> and try and catch the ball. Completely misses it. I mean, this is why he gets hurt. I mean, <laughs> how do you not see that? <laughs> Literally, he's sitting on the wall for a good five seconds. Apparently, this yeah. is the first time he's done this either. He did this last year. <laughs> He, he literally has to jump DH, off the man. wall oh, and dive forward. Watch this. I want, your, I want your live reaction. Uh, yeah, live reaction. Let, let's get the camera on Ventra. <laughs> <Or not>. <laughs> <laughs> he dove. <laughs> Wait, what was he thinking? Oh, you know what he did? I know exactly what he did. This is what I used to do as a center fielder. Trying to deke? No, you, you see the balls hit so far beyond. You just run. You, you just, just run you to just the spot, and run, right? And then you turn around. Oh, snap. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's what there. I always used to do. And that used to happen to me sometimes, too, where I used to overrun it. And I used to turn around and be like, oh, shoot, so I throw him back now. Right, you know? that's fine. If he didn't jump and hang on the yeah. fence, he could have just stepped forward and catched the ball. So what that's he should have done he is jumped before stand, he looked. Stand on the warning track, turn, see where the ball is. If, if it turns out you need to jump on the wall, right. then jump on the wall. Right, he actually jumped on the wall before looking to <laughs> see where the ball was. <laughs> what a clown, man. That's bad. Hey, yeah. guys, which is worse to you? Yeah. This with Ozuna? Yes. Or Jose Canseco getting, getting the ball knocked off his head? I'd say this, because they didn't mean for it to go off. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And, uh, wait, what, it hit off his head and ended up being like run. a home run, right? right? Yep. I don't know. I think I think that's worse, man. Yeah. That's really bad. That's, that's bad. If you're a major leaguer and the ball hits off your head, <laughs> and it's a home run. <laughs> I mean, was it's very fitting because yeah. it's Jose Canseco because it's just like. Well, he he wasn't known for. All know, brawn, very no brains. Yeah. We <laughs> talk a lot about Chris Sale. When we come back, we begin our conversation with Aaron Nola the Philadelphia Phillies. Stick around. More BFS right after this. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Rain dance. Make it rain. Tiger Woods, it's amazing to me how much clout he still carries in this sport. He's kind of a Haley's Comet, man. Yes, we had Jack, we had Arnie, we've had our legendary golfers, but Tiger, he's in a class all himself. He could be 55. People are still going to place that $85,000 bet rooting for Tiger. That's unbelievable, man. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. This is one of the stupidest bets I've ever done in my life, bro. I was under the influence. I put like $3,000 on the Kentucky Wildcats. Not basketball. Football. Oh, no. Against Tim Tebow and the Gators. I wasted in his barbecue. I'm like, man, give me the 28 points or whatever it is. We're in a cover. Dude, I think they lost like 58 nothing. Yeah. By the middle of the second quarter, I was kicking barbecues over. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Good? That'd be amazing. It's been amazing. 
feel like my. Hey, I always turn my mic <laughs> off when I'm talking to you. I'm sitting here like this. Uh, Chris is still commenting. I, I do turn my mic off. Too. You don't. I, that time I did it. That's one time I did it. You do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a riveting Matt Boyd conversation. Right? Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah. We're talking about Matt Boyd. Getting into it. Do you want to discuss it on the air? Yeah. He has one of the highest Babips in baseball. He has the highest. Venture right was telling me. 476. So we were saying, oh, well, maybe he could be even better than he has been. Mm-hmm. Great. Fine it. Great. Matt Boyd. Fine I like Matt Boyd. <laughs> I'm a Matt Boyd guy. I picked, up, I picked up the bull for tomorrow, though. Bull. The bull. 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 Oh. I picked them up in a few places. I like it. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're all doing, doing it together we're tomorrow. We're all doing it. All right. Uh, yesterday, the Phillies got to a 6-1 lead on the Washington Nationals. And then their lead collapsed as Frank Stample smiled. He texted me, good, I hate Gabe Kapler. <laughs> well, That's the text I got. Uh, I feel like it's warranted, right, Greg? Aaron Nola goes six and a third, seven hits, five runs, four earned, only struck out three. Strasburg on the other side went four innings, six hits, six runs, six earned. Would you trade Sale for Nola? I would. <laughs> no. Three strikeouts for Strasburg. Frank, why do you hate Gabe Kapler? Well, I hate Gabe Kapler because he basically is the, uh, the second coming of Joe Madden and wants to be the smartest guy in the room and... I can't have a set closer because you know that you know he's basically he's uh he's he's the baseball manager version he's a hipster he's a hipster that's what he is he's a he's a <laughs> sure a managing hipster yeah a baseball managing hipster trendy he just wants to do things that are different oh I want to be different you know I want to keep everyone guessing mm-hmm. you know I want to use uh, I'm going to play the matchups I'm going to use this guy this day this guy that day I'll use Hector Neris one day the opposite Pat Joe Girardi one day yeah the next day I'll use. Uh, whoever the scrub was last night, who was it? Idubre Ramos. Alvarez. Uh, Idubre Ramos. Idubre oh, Ramos. Ramos. You know what? That's what you get, Gabe Kapler and Phillies, you idiots, for using Idubre Ramos in the ninth inning for the save. I like My boy, good. Victor Robles, <laughs> comes up and hits a home run, a game-tying home run. Hector Neris was in the eighth last night. Your boy, Sir Anthony Dominguez, in the seventh inning mm-hmm. once again. So you have Dominguez. You sign David Robertson. Hector Neris is back from the dead. Pat Neshek gets a save. And you try using Idubre Ramos yesterday, yeah, and it backfires. So, so I'm happy about Gabe that Kapler, too. And mm-hmm. good for you, Phillies. I disagree with you guys. Stupid about what? I disagree about Kabler being stupid. Yes. Why? Okay. I mean, feel free. I'm 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 going to I'm going to I just I need to pull I needed to pull something up so I had my defense. Now, there you go. Now David Robertson pitched two days in a row, so he needed a day off. Make sense? Okay. So Sir Anthony Dominguez was used in the seventh inning to get out of a jam, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So you want your best guy out to fireman, to be the fireman, get out of the jam. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sir Anthony Dominguez did that, right? Yep. Okay. So you had Hector Neris in to face who, Frank? The heart, the of, the heart of the order. In Brian Dozier, Anthony Rendon, Juan Soto, Ryan Zimmerman. That is the heart of the Nationals order. Hector Neris has been the best pitcher recently for the Phillies. So you bring in, after you've already used Sir Anthony Dominguez, you do not have David Robertson. You bring in the next best guy. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's been Hector Neris. They brought him in there. It's not just a one-game thing, though, Greg. What do he do? Like, what's the excuse for Pat Neshek the night before? What's the excuse for Pat Neshek now? How do you, you can't just make excuses for Gabe Kapler all the and time. How, how do you defend the last two picks? He's an idiot. The last two guys, Fantasy Ramos and Alvarez. So when it, when it comes to Idubre Ramos, mm-hmm. I will defend it by this: going into the game, he allowed a run, he had allowed a run all season. Okay, yeah, 
probably wasn't going to be the case for the entire baseball. Sure, team. but he's pitched well. It's not like Edouard Ramos is a bad guy. Is a bad pitcher. Right. I don't know what you wanted them to do. You, you know the guy's not going to be Matt Pat Neshek. They're not going to David Robertson. They already used Sir Anthony Dominguez. They already used Hector Neris when it mattered more. What do you want them to do? I would do the opposite. You just need to understand that they're not going to have a set closer. I'm not going to get angry about it. They're not right. going to do it. They have no interest in doing it. Robertson's not going to be the guy in the ninth every time. Clearly, Sir Anthony Dominguez is never going to be the guy in the ninth. It's not going to be Nearest. It's not going to be Neshek. They're not going to have a guy. But there's no... There is rhyme and reason. I just explained it to you. No, but no, I don't no like... there's no rhyme or reason. Greg. Sure there because is. How... How do you justify one day it's Dominguez in the seventh, one day it's Dominguez in the eighth, Fireman. one day, one, Fireman. Day, one day it's Robertson in the seventh, one day it's Robertson in the eighth, Fireman. and then one day it's Neris in the ninth and Pat Neshek yeah, in the, the ninth? They're both right-handed pitchers. Greg, there's matchups. no... There's matchups. Matchups. No, no, no. Problem, no, that's the answer. The no, problem, I'm sorry you don't it's like not. it, but that's the answer. It, it, no, and you know what? We didn't know it's not his. But it's a bad... They deserve it. It's a bad way to do it. He's just trying to be... He's trying to be the smartest guy in the room, Greg. That's what he's trying to do. He's using stats, man. He's trying to out yeah, but okay, what did the stats do you yesterday? Stats aren't Victor all that matters. Robles, home run to tie the game. As you said, there Frank. There are no stats here. As as you stats, wait a minute, he man. He lost the game. That's Honest, the stat. As you said, it's not. he's not going to be perfect all year. Guys are not going to be perfect all year. He used Sir Anthony Dominguez as a fireman. Then he used the guy that's been the hottest against the heart of the order. What do you want him to do? Save his best pitcher for when he's facing worse players? That doesn't make sense. I don't know why you're getting angry about that. No, we, we always say we want your but it's best not pitcher. Just a one game sample. That's what I'm trying to say, Greg. It's happened all season already. I There's already like five different guys with a save on this Philly but, team. But he's using. But he's trying to use the guys when it matters. Forget about fantasy for a second. Correct. Listen, but that's what I'm saying. Okay, have a fireman, right? But right? you can't keep putting different guys into the ninth unless you're still looking for your closer. You, he's not looking for. He doesn't want a closer. He's going too much by stats. There's human element to this. Sure. And, and certain these certain certain these guys. He does not want. He doesn't want a closer. Some of these guys can't handle that ninth inning role. I can't. I, I, all right, great. You, you've put out the fire in the sixth and seventh, but what are you going to do in the eighth and ninth? When you're using your best guys in the sixth and seventh, you can't do that all the time. For the it's record, Edubay Ramos. It's not going to work. All, he led the solo home run. That sucked, obviously. Yeah. Got three, got the all, throw three guys out. It wasn't like it was a, a huge rally. I understand it was, a, it was a game, it was a home run and it sucked. Right? right. Like, I, I, I mean, again, as Frank mentioned, it happens. Right, right. It's the only run this guy's allowed all year. Mm-hmm. It happens. What well, are you going to do? Greg, they had a six to one lead. And they lost the game. That's Aaron Nola's fault. Partially. How are you blaming the bullet? It's Aaron right. Nola. G- Gabe Kapler came from what organization? The Dodgers, right? Yes, sir. Very forward-thinking, analytical organization. They have one closer. They have one closer. They do. It's Kenley Jansen. He's also, you know, the best in the league. He wasn't the best last year. Not last and they year. still used him. Mm-hmm. Just because the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are, are one of the most analytical, forward-thinking organizations. Just because it's the Dodgers, he may feel differently. They have one closer, sure, and they've been successful. They made the World Series two years in a row. So why don't you wait a minute? Why don't you kill the Brewers? Why don't you kill them last year when they did the Game Seven of the NLCS without a closer? When they were using their closer in the second well, inning. Well, the playoffs are different, though. The playoffs you use, like they use the Red Sox use Chris Sale to close out a game. Sure. So the playoffs are different, unless, of course, whoever. Well, uh, Buck Showalter a couple of years ago didn't use Zach Britton. <laughs> it's a, it Very also depends on how you... Like, the playoffs are off limits. That's yeah. different. And they do that, different things It depends on how your bullpen's set up. You have a guy like Hayter or Andrew Miller. They're your fireman. That's a fireman type so, guy. They go so, two innings. So that's what Sir Anthony Dominguez is. That's what David Robertson is. He believes he has two of them. He has two firemen. So, so if you Ramos was but then you so don't have great a closer. all season you need a closer. Long, Greg, why don't you use him in the eighth? 
Because and then use Hector Neris in the ninth. Because Neris was, but why does if he thinks Neris is the better matchup in the eighth? Why don't you just use him in the eighth? You so cool. If he thinks Neris is his best guy, why would he not use it for the heart of the eighth? Here's the problem. We say this all the time. But here's the problem with the Phillies, though. If you have two great guys, yes, you could use the better guy, which was at one point in Cleveland, Andrew Miller, and then you know Cody Allen would be the closer because he's also good. But the problem is they only have one or two good guys in this bullpen. It's not true. And it's really just it's like not Dave true. Robertson is on the fence at this point. It's been a week. Sir Anthony Dominguez. Yes. And you got Hector Neris, let's say, yes. the three the best. Right, right, right now. Right so now. Obviously, this all changes. the bullpen. Right, right. And none of them are really proven, or like, besides Robertson, sure. are really proven. So yes. you, you should use your best guy, if you don't really know who your best guy is, as the closer. No. Because that's See, the most important that's part. What, no, you're wrong. You use, I think you use your Josh best Hader, guy against what, the best hitters on the what, other team. What about Josh Hader? What about Josh Hader? But Hader's that's a the different argument. thing because Hader could go three innings if he wants to, two innings, and put out the fire. He's you, completely dominant. You use, in my opinion, your best guy against the best players. That's what he did last you night. You still got to pitch the, the ninth inning Agre- at some point. Definitely. But, you're not, but why would you save a guy for the ninth inning if he's not facing the best hitters? Instead of facing Neris, and you use your other better guys in the sixth and seventh. You use your best guy. You use your best ball. guy against the best hitters. That's what Gabe Kapler's doing. Last night, you had. Um, I don't think it's You're telling me Pat like Neshek that. is one of his best guys, Greg? He might be. Come on, Pat Neshek's like 45 years old. They don't have a great I'm bullpen. I'm not saying Pat Neshek's And there's like three guys. or four relievers better than him. I don't so, know. So he pitched the night before. That's what I'm getting at, Greg. It's not just a one night thing to me. It's that, it should it's be. every single night with Gabe Kapler. And it's super frustrating for fantasy. And I know what you're for, trying to say that, oh, for MLB purposes, he's correct. trying to win games. Yes. He blew it yeah, last night, though. Look at what the Dodgers have done the past couple of years. Okay, and the Dodgers have a closer. Just because he comes from the Dodgers no, doesn't mean they he, believe he, everything. Is this analytical? He's not the, he but he's the, the manager Dodgers, of the Dodgers. Right? The Dodgers chose okay, Dave Roberts over he, him. You know that. But he is, yes, okay. and, but he comes from the Dodgers. He is this analytical. You can't tell me that. The Dodgers had no influence over how analytical he is. And maybe it's vice versa. Maybe they're analytical because Correct. Right. But I have to agree with Venture that at some point, I think he's trying to do too much. May- and maybe he is. To I'm explaining much. to you why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Because you had Jamigas light out, the, get rid of the fire in the seventh inning. Right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we all agree on that. All good with that. In the eighth inning, Neris faced the guys I mentioned. Rendon, Soto, right. Zimmerman in this lineup. The Got best it. of the old lineup has to offer. Then the weaker part. And then the guys that he faced, Wilmer Defoe, Kurt Suzuki, and then he faced Robles, who's the ninth place center. Right. And this was in the eighth or ninth inning? That's the ninth inning. Ninth inning. That's the problem, though. You're bringing in a guy who's never pitched the ninth inning to close out a game that he might not be used to and he might not be ready for, for or have the confidence for. There is a closer's mentality. I don't there care is. what anybody Brad Ziegler says. Confirmed it. Confirmed it. I, Brad Ziegler obviously I, confirmed it. I played baseball for 18 years. I, I mean, more than 18 years. 20 years. And I know the closer mentality. I know that some people can't do it. They can't come in the clutch. A clutch is real. So is closer mentality. Those things are real. I no. think so. I think the the Phillies bullpen. I think a, 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 one of the problems is it also happens to be pretty deep, right? With Dominguez, with Robertson, it's deep, but it's not Harris. that strong. It's deep with solid talent. Yeah, but there's no there's no like, great talent. standout. No. Ama- like Dominguez Craig was no Craig great Kimberly last here. year, but he's still very young. Yeah, and unproven. he showed signs mm-hmm. towards the end of the season where he kind of fell off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he's still so the best one. Like there's a, it's deep in terms of they have five guys who might be like solid. similar talent level. Sure. But they don't have like one standout guy. Fine, I understand that. Correct. Mm-hmm. But, so, but 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 you're right. You're absolutely right with that point. There's five guys that are all similar talent level. So to expect them to ever has done clo- it before though. Yes, but to expect them to just beat this closer and be consistent and be able to know what you're doing from a fantasy perspective, it's not going to happen. No, no, I don't care about fantasy. I understand. But he's like, gonna, I know at this point it's not going to happen. He's going to ruin his bullpen. He's going to ruin these guys if he keeps doing this, though. Why? You're putting them all over the place. You're pitching them in different spots. That's why I'm happy they lost But it's amazing that as a Yankee fan, Mm -hmm. 
We killed Girardi when he would only go to Batanzas in the eighth. When he went brilliant in the seventh. There's three, it was a joke. If there's three righties coming up in the ninth, does that mean we don't use Chapman in the ninth inning? I didn't kill Girardi for that. Of course that. not. Like that's what I'm talking about. The, but though, the right? Phillies, like, no, but the Phillies don't have or all this Chapman. They don't have Kenley Jansen. They don't have that. You just said it yourself. Well, they signed David Robertson to money like you thought he was going to be the closer. Well, that's not yeah, true. but he's not that's on that count. Twenty five. He got twenty million. What? All the guys who got two for twenty five aren't closers. Britain Miller. Robertson, there's yeah, not but closers. They, but they could have been closers on other teams, though. But they like, Adovino could have been a closer somewhere. But he's not. Zach Britton could have been a closer. But he's not. But that's because he pitches on a team with the role as Chapman. That's because that's where the money was. That's where that's who's, where they were signed. They all signed. They right. all chose to sign at that level for the set of men. All of them. Mm-hmm. And Robertson's not even on the, those guys' level right now. Like not, he, not, and he's he not, hasn't he's been, been terrible to start. Yeah. He's terrible. There's no way He's not pitching like it. Right. So, and he was likely unavailable last night. He was probably unavailable last night. Adam Morgan's also been good for this team. He was probably unavailable pitching back-to-back as well. All right. That's it. It's all started with Aaron Nola, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Who I lo- still love, though. So Aaron Not Nola, worried. Not I worried. looked into Aaron Nola before this. He only had five swinging strikes yesterday. Um, his swinging strike rate is way down this year. It's 8.1%. Mm-hmm. He's allowed five home runs already. He allowed 17 all of last season. So just to put that in perspective. Right. And his first pitch strike percentage is 47%. Whereas he's normally around 65. So... He's not himself. He's struggling to start the year. Like, he's falling behind in counts. We saw that. Uh, he had, like, a five-walk game early on. He's not getting a lot of swings and misses. But I also believe that he's faced the Nationals twice already, right? I think so, yeah. yes. We yeah. just saw Zach Wheeler get Bomb. mashed against the Nationals twice. And Aaron Ola has now faced the Nationals twice. So You're not as worried as, as you you're are. You're not as worried, yeah. you know, if a it were sale. the uh, Marlins or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... There are a few warning signs here with Aaron Ola that I want to pay attention to. The fact that he's not throwing strikes early in the count, he's not getting a lot of swings and misses, and he's giving up home runs. So I want to pay attention to those three things specifically moving forward because the velocity and the pitch usage is right on par, mm-hmm. but he's not getting a lot of strikeouts right now, Venture. Yeah. No, I, I understand. Listen, I mean, I think it, it just early season, you know, struggles. I think he'll get out of it. Here's the thing. Look at all these ace pitchers that we drafted early, and most of them are getting bombed. A lot of these aces are getting bombed. Juice At ball. least one or two starts. Juice ball. That's what I'm saying. Is it maybe they're a little behind or maybe... Combination of both. Combination they're of both. a little both. bit behind. It's early season. Juice Working balls. up the velocity. Yeah. I, I, that's why I always say, like, I really don't like to pay for pitching. This is the reason why. Because you never know. Nola's supposed to be lights out. This is a Cy Young candidate, possibly. possibly. I, I wouldn't give up on him yet, though. Um, there's no, like, you know, severe issue like with... Um, Sale with the velocity being down. Yeah, I'd be more willing to buy low on Nola than I would be right, sale. Right, I would buy low on Nola right now. That's actually a good point. I, so would, yeah. buy, I would buy low. So Nola has faced the Braves and the Nationals twice. Yeah. But this kind of comes with the territory. Those who, that's who he's going to face that's all the year. NL East. That's the division. And when you're the ace, tough division. when you're the ace, you expect better. And that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Like we draft these guys as our aces because they, we expect them to perform even in tough matchups. Right. But and they don't. There was going to be a lot of tough matchups this year because the Braves and the Nationals and the Mets. And, you know, he'll get a little bit of a cakewalk here and there with the Marlins, but for the most part, mm-hmm. National League's kind of tough. I mean, even, even when you go and face the, uh, the National League Central, you have the Cubs and the Cardinals. And, and the Brewers. And the Brewers. Yeah, and the Reds, and the Reds broke Reds out hot yesterday. yesterday. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have to face the Rockies at some point. Yep, they suck. Well, you know, you... you no, gotta, Dodgers, though. You don't want, yeah, and then the Dodgers. Yeah. And, well, you know, what? you want to face the, the, the Giants. Pods. The Giants. But the Padres are better, the too. So, yeah. No, you know, dude, this is kind of, you know, we wanted Nola to be our ace, 
so that because he can perform against the tough matchups. Just not pitching like Thus far, he hasn't performed in a tough matchup. This is why I don't want to pay for pitching. I don't want to pay for it. I, I, I don't. I'd rather buy the first, second round. You'd rather spend $18 hitters. on Freddie Peralta? Yeah. I'd rather have a deep rotation of middle-of-the-road guys that have the potential to become an ace or a deuce than pay for a bunch of aces because two of them are going to disappoint you. Two of them will disappoint you. I think you have like a two chance. out of 12? No, I'm it saying, might just so happen that you drafted I'm saying, those two that I'm saying if you draft three aces, two of them will probably disappoint you. I don't know that's true. Not necessarily true. There was actually a study so done far, before the season by Ariel Cohen. I does the ATC projections on fan graphs, and it basically said, and it looks at years past, the top 12 starting pitchers by ADP drafted every year return the most value. And that's obvious because yeah. they're drafted as early as they are. Right. But they, it, it, and it's actually the second tier. It's like pitchers 13 through 30 actually bust the most. Okay. So basically, so there was a study. Get, your, get your ace. Like you get your return your on investment when you draft okay. top 12 starting pitchers. But it just so ha- like, you're right. At least three or four of the top 12 are going to bust. Every right. year. It must so happen that. It might happen that you end up with those two that bust, right. which is unfortunate. It happened to me last year. Yeah. But it's trying to identify before the season which the, which of those guys were going to bust. And I think right. we said we were worried about Kluber the most, and yeah, we also said we were worried about Snell the most. Which and Snell's Snell doing great. <laughs> Kluber's not, doing had a good start. Decent's better. Yeah, uh, dude, that's what I'm saying. Listen, you want yeah, you want to grab one ace for safety reasons. You you want to try to grab your your, your anchor, right? But after that, I think it's okay. To wait a little while and maybe go after the middle roll guys because you're not paying for them, you know. And they could do, they could become a deuce. And it's trying to identify those guys that go outside the top seven or eight rounds in the middle rounds, trying right. to identify those guys who are going to break out. Right. Luis Castillo, even Tanaka, Charlie Morton, guys like that. Right. Right. Exactly. That's how you win. That's how you win. I want to thank Sean, Chris, and Alex downstairs for Chris Ventura, Frank Stanfield. I am Greg Sussman. Tomorrow on the program, Virginia Zakas goes over the injuries with us. We're the fantasy BFFs. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope.